Welcome to the Lead Volunteers Podcast. I am your host, Josh Denhart. The Lead Volunteers Podcast exists to help you, the ministry leader, get organized, stop the revolving door of volunteers, and prevent ministry burnout. This podcast is a production of the leadministry.com suite of resources, which includes our flagship course, Lead Volunteers, how to recruit, train, and retain volunteers. Let's jump into the podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Lead Volunteers Podcast. Super grateful that you are here. Uh, don't forget, of course, we do have these things rolling out there on YouTube, so that's kind of fun. Very excited about that. Uh, well, today is special. Uh, we have a special guest, and I'll introduce her in just a moment. But the funny thing is, some of you are out in the world, and you are kind of in this this realm of multi-site and it's like how do I calculate all of the insanity with running a multi-site church uh, our church rolled that for a while it was extremely complex some of them didn't even succeed and so we're going to talk a little bit about the multi-seat multi-site thing as well well I'm super grateful so Delia good yes. to see you <laughs> Thanks for being here. Hello, thanks so much for having me. You bet, I'm super excited. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, so we yeah. actually connected quite a long time ago. Do you remember the story around that? And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, let's do it now. We, we, we have time, so. Yeah, yeah, so we, I mean, our my team has been long-term followers of Lead Volunteers and Josh Denhart, um, your name comes up on a regular basis in our meetings. That's um, so and crazy. so um yeah it was a while ago there's well over a year ago right yeah. coming out of covid um that i'd reached out i think it was on instagram um mm -hmm. and just you know resonating with something you had posted and we got connected then did a call um and the rest has been history so yes it's been and kind of a wild ride since then <laughs> yes well one thing that i appreciated is just as we were talking on the phone all of a sudden and we were you know connecting through emails and stuff i was like okay time out let's do this podcast let's 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 record some of this right so yes yes so that's good so super grateful that you're here tell us just a little bit about yourself before we fully jump in okay yeah absolutely so um, I'm married to my wonderful husband Sam we met in college and um, started ministry together while we were dating and youth ministry and all of that um, and we have four daughters um, all girls and so our oldest is seven and then we've got twin girls who just turned five and our youngest oh, is almost two mm -hmm. so oh, you yeah. had you had so a, a you had a daughter and then boom it went you know oh, yeah. uh cornwell yeah, we went from family of three to cornwell family of five yes Yes, we went from one to three kids, so we don't know what having two kids is like. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, and it, it definitely, I remember the first time we went out to eat after the twins were born, and we rolled in with this massive stroller with all three kids in it, and everybody was staring, and I just like got hit with, oh my gosh, we will never be the people that can just like roll in and not be, you know, oh, not man. get like gather attention. So Well, the other thing yes, that's kind of interesting, I mean, as if you would know any different, but like, yeah. which do you think would be easier, having a kid and then having twins or having twins and then having another kid? Who knows? You'll never know. But what's your thoughts on that? Yes. I tell everybody I'm so grateful that we had our first, we had Emmy first and she was our guinea pig, <laughs> you know, like first star. And we got to learn, you know, transition into parenting and 
um, get through, you know, with your first, you want to do everything a certain way and your expectations are here and we get to, you know, live through that. So then when the twins came, you know, we knew what mattered, what didn't, and we could, you know, it was survival mode, but also making it fun. Of course, of course. Yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier that your husband is on staff at your church as well. Yes. Yeah. He is our central production director. Um, which is very, very convenient. Um, if you know, you know, anyone in kids ministry knows that our tech support and production is crucial to what we do because, sure. you know, when a, a computer just stops working on a Sunday morning, it's, you know, a little scary. So, so. You, you've got, <laughs> yeah. you've got like the red phone that's like, honey. Yep. I'm like, help. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So yes. tell us about your church a little bit, uh, and, and I would like to talk briefly about what it's like to be on staff with your spouse, but we'll come back to that. So tell me about your church. Yeah. You're in Tampa. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, we are in Tampa, Florida. Um, beautiful city. Uh, we've been here. We moved down here to be on staff at Radiant, um, and so we're at Radiant Church, um, which is a multi-site church. So Pastor Aaron Burke is our incredible lead pastor. He's the real deal, um, and it has grown from um, one church that was in a rundown movie theater to now um, we're about to open our ninth location. And um, yeah, it's just been an adventure ever yeah, since. That sounds very complex to me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, and so you're the, you're the children's ministry director over all of those locations. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And again, it's one of those things. I don't know how I got here. I went from teaching to, you know, overseeing a ministry. So yeah. Um, yeah, I, that, so that was my story. That was my story as well, right? So high school chemistry yeah. teacher, and I just loved God and knew the scriptures pretty well and was participating mm-hmm. at a high level at at my church. And they were like, hey, why don't you just come do this? And it's that, you know, I mean, then you find yourself yeah. in that role. And it, I think it does help to be a teacher. I've known a lot of teachers who've transitioned into ministry, and there is a value there, I think. Yeah, I think for me, it was one of those things where I... I was, you know, I taught for almost 10 years, um, elementary school, so kindergarten and second grade, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. was about to get my principal certification, and then um, that was when we got pregnant with our twins, and we got called down to Florida, and our world kind of changed, and then I tried to go back to teaching, and there's one of those moments where, like, the grace had lifted, and I was doing it because that's where I thought I was supposed to go, and God didn't call me there anymore, so um, that's when... You know, I ended up at Radiant, helping out in the kids' ministry, and it kind of evolved since then. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so talk to us a little bit about, you know, you, you had mentioned before we pressed record that, that COVID was its thing. We all had that. But mm-hmm. but now kind of you've transitioned and things are kind of flowing in a good direction. So talk to us about that kind of wave and the downturn and the upturn and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, I mean, it was about a year ago that we were still even though Florida didn't get hit with, you know, with the COVID, you know, closing down as much as other areas in the country did, we still, we had a lot of people who just got comfortable watching online and were fine attending church and they just wanted to be consumers when it was convenient to show up at church. Um, So then serving on a team was like a whole nother level of commitment that we had to build back into our culture. So um, over the last year, we've made a big push of saying like, hey, we know, you know, from my own story, I know that serving on a team is an outpouring of um, our relationship with Jesus. And it really, it helps us to stay committed to our faith, having accountability, having that community around us. And so, um, you know, at at our church, we talk about, um, we want to move people towards Christ, community and calling. And so we've done a lot to really 
connect the dots of this is what we believe. Here's a vision of our church. And here's how serving um, helps people grow in their faith because they, you know, they realize that they've got people around them supporting them. They've got a community of friends they're serving with every week. And then they get to develop and find ways that God has grown them. And so, and kind of given them like special um, abilities and gifts that they never knew they had. So um, with that, we have made some adjustments um, as we've grown the team. We've then looked and said, okay, we don't just need bodies in the room because right. yes, you know, you need ratios, kids ministry, you know, you need a certain amount of adults in the room, but at the same time, you want to make sure quality ministry is happening. For sure. um, and I think, especially with multi-site, that is the tension we feel all the time of, you know, we want to open these locations. We want to um, reach, you know, grow the kingdom and reach more people. But we also want to make sure there's quality ministry happening in our kids' classrooms and we don't have to trade one for the other. So um, we've done a lot of development of our leaders. Um, we've really pushed the quality and held accountability through um, just actually documenting things, having standards, um, yes. and having resources for our, um, for our volunteers to go back and get, you know, get more training or have resources to look back on so they can get better at the calling that God has given them. Well, that's huge. And several things that you said, I agree. The the level, like all of a sudden COVID caused, like since everything completely shut down and it mm -hmm. was almost like people were, were as they were re-engaging with society, it's almost like they were like, yeah. ah, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna push pause on that. I'm, I'm not gonna just jump back into all of my things. and that is something that everybody around the country experienced. I appreciate that you said yes. now that you, you were able to get bodies in and people were beginning to participate again, then that you wanted to increase the quality of their yes. serving experience. And I do wanna say one more thing before we kind of touch on quality. You said something that resonates so deeply with me in that I think that people who are serving are in a far better position to be growing. I think yes. I think of of it as a third, like a the, like one third of your life or one third of your Christian growth kind of just comes from, you know, being at church, being with people, listening to sermons, reading the scriptures, mm -hmm. praying, having that type of input into your life. But a lot of believers stop right there and they're not experiencing mm -hmm. the full offering that God has for their souls. Another whole third that they may be missing out on is participating and serving in the local church. As you serve, yes. you learn who you are. You learn your gifts. You learn what spiritual, what God spiritually endowed you with. And you, yes. you're, you experience God. That's the key is that you experience God when you're serving in a way that you can't by just reading your Bible. Absolutely. And of course, yeah. I will, I'll say one more. The, the final third, of course, is being active and sharing your own faith, right? That's another mm -hmm. whole aspect of knowing God. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you're saying that, it just made me think. So little story, when I was in college, uh -huh. um, I went to Messiah College, now Messiah University um, in Pennsylvania. And I went to a Christian college, but it was one of those things where like, I, they had a good teaching program, but I... It was in my little rebellious stage of sorts. Sure. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was one of those things where then I ended up getting uh, plugged in at a church in my youth, the youth um, pastor at the time, Jeff Graves. He's fantastic. Uh -huh. um, it was one of those things where he made this crazy ask. The first time I showed up to serve, he said, hey, we're going on a youth retreat and we need leaders. You want to come? And it was, a, you know, thinking about it, I'm like, it was crazy. Like here, I didn't yes. know a single person. It seemed weird. But 
I'm so thankful for that call into ministry, um, even though it seemed crazy because it kept me focused on others during a time in college right. where I could have drifted. And it kept me accountable because here I'm serving, you know, teenagers at the time and I, I had to have integrity. I couldn't be telling them, here's how God wants us to live <laughs> and then be doing my own thing, you know, back, you know, wherever. And so um, I'm thankful for the call into ministry, even though it didn't seem to make sense. Um, so that's something we talk about with our leaders all the time of, you know, there's a, a culture right now of, you know, church hurt and oh, yes. we don't want to use people. And it's, you know, it comes up all the time. Our kids directors, lots of them at our locations are um, young adults who are just starting to lead in ministry. Um, you know, they've been Christians for a little while and these hot topics come up of, you know, these different documentaries and, you know, all the different ones sure, that are out course. there right now. And it's like, you, it's the fine line between, you know, they don't want to be using people and, and that's not their heart at all, but it's hard to, it's hard sometimes when you haven't been in ministry very long to figure out how do I communicate how mm -hmm. amazing and the gift it is to serve um, without feeling like I'm using people. And so that's that, been that's something we've leaned into big word. time. That is a good word. And, um, you know, if, if people have listened to the podcast for any length of time, you may have heard me share at least a portion of this story. Uh, you know, I was a new kids director, uh, kids pastor, and I had this massive, massive load of people that I, it was a big church, it was a massive number of people that I needed to enlist. And, mm -hmm. and I felt overwhelmed and I looked up to God and I was like, I don't think this is reasonable. I don't think this is reasonable <laughs> to ask one person to find this many people. And yeah. then God impressed upon my heart. Um, it was almost as if God was saying, okay, well, what has serving in the local church done for you? And so then mm. I was like, oh, wow, a lot more friends. I know your word a lot better. I've experienced yes. in real time the Holy Spirit. I had this little, little list of ways that I had experienced God that I wouldn't have experienced him had I not been serving. Yes. And then God kind of turned the tables and was like, okay, so... Do you think that I am capable of doing all of those things that happened in you in somebody mm -hmm. else? And at that yes. point, that was the turning point for me to rush to the phone. Because at that point, it was, if I can get somebody in a position of serving, they quite possibly are going to grow by leaps and bounds. And so then that was, that was kind of yes. fulfilling this pastoral calling of building up the body and making disciples. Because I think serving mm -hmm. is... Is, is there's a component that's disciple making. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's something, everything you said there, it's, you lose the sense of hesitation of like, oh, no, I don't want to burden somebody yes. when you realize it's the answer to a lot of the problems that they're probably facing. Um, I think, you know, right now we've got, you know, anxiety and depression keeps rising and rising. And, you know, everybody's struggling with that. But part of it is that because we get so focused on ourselves and, right. um, you know, our own internal issues. But when we can focus on others and we have an opportunity to do that every single week, it helps, you know, to realize that, like, hey, God has a plan that's not just about ourselves. The whole goal here is that we, you know, accept Christ and then we build the kingdom. And so yes. when we don't do that, we're going against what God made us to do. And it gets so much harder to live life, you know, in a world that doesn't match what God, you know, yeah. in intended for us. And so um, that's something with our kids directors and with our volunteers all the time. We we look at our teams and say, we want we want a contagious culture to be forming at yes. the location level. 
um, because and that shows health. If you know our volunteers are having fun, they're making friendships, they're excited to show up, you know, every single week. Then more people are going to want to join that. They're going to want to invite their friends. But if that's not the case, then that's where we have to look and say, okay, how do we get to the bottom of some of the issues here um, and start to adjust that culture? Yeah, because if what you said is very interesting, and I believe it's completely true. People are people want to be a part of something that's healthy and that is yes. moving yeah. and that has mm-hmm. life and yep. people are drawn to that. And and so I want to provide an outstanding experience that the word spreads that this is a healthy place to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's I mean, we have one of our locations, our Heights location is um, in the downtown um Tampa area and it's uh-huh. right near a bunch of college University of Tampa's right there and um, that has been it's been so fun to watch that location grow because when it first started there weren't any there's like uh, it wasn't any family there weren't a lot of families yes. and so there's a lot of young adults and it was older people who were kind of empty nesters and um, but what we did is we were able to really tap into that young adult um, group of these college kids who were here. They you know, didn't have family in the area. They were able to serve on the team and build friendships. And then because of that, it became one of our healthiest kids ministries, right. which then brought in more families. And so, okay. so which happens first, right? Which happens first, yeah. chicken or the egg? So all of a sudden <laughs> you brought in a bunch of great college kids and young adults who had this dynamic interconnectivity and they had relationships with one another. So in kind Mm -hmm. of the lead volunteers ecosystem, we talk a lot about, you know, a a, a way to retain a volunteer is to get them socially and and spiritually connected to another adult. And if they do that, this thing is super healthy. It's happening. It's very exciting. And then out of that health, other families want to come and now it's like this beautiful snowball thing but it has yes. to like when your volunteers are healthy and they love one another and they're excited to be there that is contagious oh yeah well and i think also when it's that snowball thing it takes time and i think that's part of yep. when i first jumped into this role it was like okay how come we can't fix things you know i'm not i i have really high you know vision and Me then, too. you know a patience part <laughs> It can yes. get a little difficult. I'm like, okay, we're doing the things. How come we're not seeing results? Um, and what we've noticed is by being obedient to the vision that God has given us and mm-hmm. taking the right steps, we've seen that over time, we're seeing more and more of that snowball effect. And yep. we're starting to see momentum um, catch up and and get healthier and grow faster and faster because of the little steps of obedience as we went. But, you know, it's one of those things where you just have to stick with it. Um, I think- yes. And I would yeah, say people get out of ministry way too fast. <laughs> they do. And I, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And I would say I call it, this is how I refer to it, the long game wins. The long yes. game wins. The longest view wins. The mm-hmm. short view is, is, is pain and it's oh, turmoil yeah. and it's not working. The long game mm-hmm. always tends to win. Couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. Let's turn the corner and talk about multi-site because you are operating in a multi-site dimension. And that was one of the first things that we were talking about. That's how we first got Mm -hmm. connected is you had a couple of questions about lead volunteers and multi-site and how to kind of integrate this, Um, which by the way, encouraged me that you said that, or before we pushed record, that when, as you're developing new leaders and new people come on for a new site, that one of your first moves is to get them through the lead volunteers material. 
Absolutely. Yeah, we have been long term. I think when you first started coming out with the uh, subscription model, we yes. quick signed up and that has been so helpful. There's certain episodes um, of the podcast, uh, Share the Vision, Not the Sacrifice. Yep. Um, when you're recruiting, that's one that like every time we have a new kids director, I'm like, okay, listen to this. And like, I'll tell them which ones to listen to. Oh. Um, I'll get them on the lead volunteers course because it has been a game changer to have, um, you know, there's it's a huge shift going a lot of times we try to we take our kids directors they were you know really quality volunteers in the classroom they moved Mm -hmm. up into what we call our team leads or our coach positions um and then when you learn like when you become a kids director you you all of a sudden you're not leading kids so we have these people who are very much called and have the the personality of wanting to be in the classroom ministering to kids and now you have to figure out how to do that through a whole bunch of adults that's exactly and so right. that's been having the lead volunteers and all of the courses you've come out with since has been really helpful in developing people who have a call to this ministry yes but the leadership part of it is where um, they need to grow and develop you know years ago uh, delia this was so funny people would say oh wow josh you're a kids pastor you must love kids and here's my answer well you know i actually do love kids however I work with adults who work with adults who work with adults who work with kids. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And so um, this dates me a little bit, but that old cartoon, the go-go gadget arms. Do you remember that guy? Oh, yes. Yeah. So go-go gadget, he he could be right here, but his arms could be way far down the road. That's who I am. And when I do coaching with people, ministry coaching, you, you need to live vicariously from a distance through others so you're doing the go-go gadget arms and you're 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 laying out ministry from afar and yes and that's a big shift isn't it delia when all of a sudden somebody has been so passionate about kids and it's like okay Mm -hmm. like i get it but you're now going to be passionate about kids through others that can be tough Yes. Oh, it's hard. It's definitely, that's probably the biggest adjustment when people become kids directors, um, when they, in our model, um, to have that, that big switch from, Hey, I'm not with the kids anymore. And it's like, when you get, you know, in, as you get like into vocational ministry, you actually are stepping out of ministry because you're, you're equipping other people to do the actual ministry on the ground and be the hands and feet of Jesus to, you know, those kids and those parents. Um, and with multi-site, it just, it just you know, multiplies that even more. Oh yeah. my goodness. It's so that's been, especially during COVID and over the last year, as we've grown locations, we realized, you know, we'd, we'd look at certain, and that kind of, this kind of goes into all of the multi-site parts of things. We, there'd be times where we'd look at certain locations and go, how, like something is just off either, you know, yeah. volunteers aren't growing, the culture's not there, you know, we're not retaining families. Um, and a lot of times what we realized is, we don't actually have a framework and documentation and mm. training um, of all of these things that were kind of tribal knowledge. Um, and okay, that's I like common... this. Push pause on that. Yeah. I love yes. this idea of tribal knowledge because yeah. I call it insider leadership language. I'm sure that yes. tribal knowledge is the same thing. So speak to that. Yeah. This is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was anybody, if you're, that was one of the things we learned the hard way, I think, when we launched our first um, location. It was tough. And then we learned from there that, hey, 
just because people come from, you know, your main location, your broadcast mm-hmm. location and know the culture and everything doesn't mean that it's automatically going to multiply to those other locations. Right. And so that's over the last couple of years, really the last year, especially um, our central team has really been working to develop um, frameworks and trainings and everything to be able to hand to our kids directors at the location level um, so they can really um, they can do the ministry that only they can do the goal um, with all of it is that we want the the people who are at a location to really be able to focus on the relationships and the nuances that um, that you know steward the people that god has given them and focus as much as possible on those relationships that only they can do and so with as opposed to what i call the administrivia it's yes, yes. Administration and, some of and it, trivia, right? Yes, yes. And so if if you can standardize and systematize that stuff, then yep. then you're positioned well to do that which can't be systematized, which is human to human. That's the whole yes, goal. Yes. Exactly. So that's the part where like our curriculum we have developed so that way um, we're multiple months in advance with all of our curriculum and we ha- it took a season where we had to work you know double time you know, part double, time triple time yeah. that's right <laughs> to get ahead because we're like okay we can't go you know we're going week to week and then we're can't going happen. you know month to month and now we are at least two to three months in advance um, with all of our curriculum at this point with you know sending out the videos and the lesson plans and we've systemized like you know we send out these big bins that have like we try to do everything centrally that we possibly can so you know making the copies and you know there's different models of multi-site yes, but for of us that's where we want to support everything we possibly can so that way you know it gets to a location the kids director just unpack everything that they need um, and they can jump right into ministry yes so, so when you yeah. say this word tribal knowledge does that mean kind of the insider leadership lingo that transfers to everybody Yes. So that's when we talk about that, it's kind of the things that like, oh, we've always done it this way. That's kind of the common phrase of like, um, I'm trying to think of some examples, but a lot of it is, oh, yeah, hey, we always did it this way or we always have this or, you know, oh, that's the way we do it. And then you have somebody who, you know, is second generation to the yes. church and being on staff and they're like, oh, OK, so they can kind of say what so and so said, but then you lose the why. And right. so now they're just following a rule which doesn't actually apply anymore. And they don't um, understand the ethos and the, yes. the unction behind it. And so that's right. that's the that's the the idea of of like uh, about creating an individual who doesn't really have it's it's like transmuting DNA. It's transmuting yes. DNA, the the real ethic behind mm-hmm. in in the 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 skin and the meat behind what's going on as opposed to just kind of pounding through. It's the it's right. it's trying to it's trying to impart the the true like red blood vision. Yes, yeah, and so we've had to work really hard to you know creating a, a policies and procedures manual that was very spelled out with you know details of of how we do things or um, creating uh, like how we follow up with first time families and documenting hey here's the steps that we take. But then when we sit down with a kids director, the big goal that I have when I'm training them is is teaching them how to think. So like, yes, we, you know, we make a, we follow up with the family after their first visit, but here's why, here's, you know, the vision behind that. And so, you know, yes, there's policies and procedures. Yes, there's a a document and everything, but I don't want, you know, robots. I want people who know how to have that personal relationship. And how to, how Uh, to do ministry. 
Yes, yes. And so that's the part that is, you know, it still becomes kind of tribal, but at least there's a framework to go by. And then we can start to train how to think with the that yes. foundation that's there. Yes. So in other words, it's it's having the infrastructure there. So yes. the infrastructure is the bones so that you can lovingly put the meat on and then overlay it with skin and say, this is the whole package. But watch this. Right. If, if you launch a new site and you don't have that infrastructure, it's a very ad hoc every mm -hmm. once in a while. It, you know, you're only solving problems that are cropping up because they don't know the heart. Well, yes. if you could impart the heart early, you're not going to have those problems. And so it's creating a system by which you can transfer that. Yes. One of the ways that we've talked about it um, in many different ways is like we when it comes to a location level, there's going to be things that like I want them to problem solve and take ownership. And, yep. you know, there's going to be times when at a location level, they're going to have to adjust a little bit, but they need to know what the framework is. And so we always say, like centrally what we're doing is we're creating the framework of you know imagine it's like a, a a box that they're you know this is the box that you can operate in and then they know where they can kind of push against that box and yes. see you know can i adjust and you've got this entire box that you can operate in and yes. here's just the framework of what that looks like and i call um, it the, i call it the open to, field to create that yes i call yes. it the open field okay here's the football field Mm -hmm. You can play anywhere you want, but we'd rather have you not get out of bounds. These are the bounds. Yes. Play anywhere you want. It's totally mm -hmm. open turf. It's an open field, but it has it has boundaries. And yes. And, and those boundaries aren't aren't meant to be pedantic. They're not meant to be prohibitive or 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 clamping down on anything. It's just we we have actually like there's a whole bunch of history that you're stepping into and yes, the history yes. that we have has influenced the way that we do ministry and right. since you're not a part of this ministry like stay within these boundaries and soon you're going to understand the heart behind the reason why we have these this box you're going to understand yes. it but it's going to take time so trust me in the short term mm -hmm. and you'll learn more soon Hey, podcast friends, let's pause for just a moment. You want to achieve your goals, you want to make a difference in the world, and you want to maintain margin in your life. But we all seem to vacillate between two unhealthy extremes. We either work obsessively or we're plagued with feelings of laziness. The Lead Productivity Course taps into the ancient wisdom of Solomon. You see, it's high time that we see productivity and achievement in a fresh light. Let's ditch the push harder, stay up later, Americana go, go, go approach. The Lead Productivity course helps you achieve far more than you ever imagined and yet maintain personal margin in healthy relationships. Go to leadministry.com to learn more. And if you use the promo code podcast, you can take an additional 20% off. Now, back to the podcast. Yes, I, I mean, I always think like being a parent had prepared me for this in so many ways, because it's very much like being a parent. When you know, you know, don't put your hand on the stove, it's gonna be hot and you've got, you know, they always <laughs> wanna test it. Is it really hot? Do I trust them? And so it's that aspect of, hey, we've been there before. We've, you know, we've launched multiple locations, so we know what works, we know what yes. doesn't. So trust that part of it. 
operate within that. But then um, the other part that we've recently kind of started to build out is as we've grown locations, um, there becomes the question all the time with multi-site of, well, what do you do when, you know, this location, like does every location have to be exactly the same? And what we've started to realize is now we're at the point where we've almost developed like a tier system. And so um, when we first launch a location or if we have a brand new kids director who's brand new to ministry, that's when we're saying, okay, that's tier one. And so we're working kind of defining, here's like the basics of how we do kids ministry at Radiant Church. Um, Just follow this, like get, you know, figure it out, like kind of get some momentum and everything. Just follow the playbook for a season. Then um, once you've been been there for a while and your ministry is starting to get better, your volunteers are starting to fill up, um, now it's tier two. So now there's a little bit more nuances of, hey, do some more outreach, you know, develop some community nights. Um, We had one of our locations just at a family movie night um, that's totally location-based. That has nothing to do with, you know, a central initiative or anything like that. Uh, With then, you know, we've got some locations that are just thriving and we're like, hey, you're at a tier three. We want you to run with it. We're going to start, you know, I want you to have vision to own your ministry and start to develop that out. Um, So that way it doesn't feel like, because there's a tendency with multi-site to feel like it's very bureaucratic. Um, And, you know, I have a lot of, you know, we've got our kids directors who just want to do ministry. They know their people and then they feel like they're in this box that they can't ever, you know, push against. And so eventually it's like, hey, now we trust you to go ahead and do that. But tier one Tier one Mm -hmm. is, okay, there's several things that are coming to mind. Number one is that's a testing ground for you to see, can they, like, can they operate in this environment? Now, another thing, this is, stick with me on this one. I call it, get your, get your butt there and your head and your heart will follow. So Mm, get your butt there. In other words, like you don't have, I, I trust me, tier one. I don't expect you to fully understand, but you need to trust me and just get your butt there and yes. do the things, do the things like we're saying. And I, you can, you can count on the idea that your head will all of a sudden be like, oh, dang, that's a great, that's the why. And then your right. heart will follow. Yes. And, and so there is, it's not rote obedience, but it's like, hey, listen, you're brand new. Trust us. Just do these things. And then after you have that health going, okay, now let's start doing some extras. And now it's like, run, run free. But if you did the reverse, they're going to be running in directions that are going to cause ultimate chaos for themselves in the grander picture. Yes. And that's the thing. Like we want to support our people to success. And so, you know, we don't want to throw them into it and say, okay, you, you know, you've never been in ministry before other than serving in a kid's room. And now run an entire ministry with all these volunteers and all the things we had, you know, talked about earlier about leading ministry through other adults. Um, and so the goal is we want to help, you know, almost like an internship in a sense of yes. like, Hey, let's like an apprenticeship of, Hey, let's develop through this. We'll hold your hand. We'll make sure you have everything you need. We're here to support you with the idea that then as you become a teenager, you know, yes, we exactly. expect you to go ahead and take more ownership and, uh-huh. um, you know, go ahead and, and make decisions with, Hey, there's still going to be, I think last we had talked, we talked a little bit of like, you need those guardrails to know, like, how do we Mm -hmm. still continue with the same vision so that as, you know, in multi-site, we all have the same vision. We have the same direction that we're going, Yes. but how do we put some guardrails there to make sure that, um, you know, you're not wasting effort trying to do something that's often left field. Yes. And I would say, I would say North Star, this is how I refer to it as. Yes. 
Yeah. We talked about this, right, on our call? Yes, yes, I'm remembering, yeah, from yeah. last time we talked. <laughs> yes, yeah, so North Star, that's what everybody is heading toward that North Star. Mm -hmm. And, but we also have some guardrails and those guardrails yes. are, you know, just like there's theological guardrails and there's operational guardrails and we stay between Absolutely. these. Absolutely. And yep. you can drive all over the road. It's going to be super fun. And we're all generally heading in that direction, but yes. there's ways to do this. Now I, I have a very important and, and like intriguing question that I want to ask. I would imagine that different people are going to be, let's say you have nine locations, right? And, mm -hmm. and which you do, which is crazy, but you have, I, I imagine that the, the speed at which somebody moves from tier one to tier two to tier three, I bet you there's two sides to this. Number one, mm -hmm. some people might move through those faster than others. Yes. And in the same way, even though somebody might move through them faster than others, I bet you that there is still kind of just a general rule of, you know, it's going to be six to eight weeks before you're even close to understanding tier one, maybe even yes. six months. So mm -hmm. talk about this, like how different people might move through them differently. And then talk about how I don't care how gifted and great you are. It's still going to be a process by which you move through these tiers. Talk to us about that. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a combination of one, the experience level and like the leadership ability of the kids director mm -hmm. but it's also the health of the location so you know there's kind of twofold of that so you know we've got some kids directors they jump right into it and they have to figure out how to lead these volunteers and um, call people into leadership so we have our coaches and team leads and things like that but then there's sometimes when they might walk into you know maybe they take over a ministry at a location and they've just been struggling with volunteers and so even though they might be a very experienced person who knows all the right things and you know yes they would in a different setting could be a tier three but they're going to look at that location and say hey we want to make sure we have quality ministry happening for our kids and none of that we can't do anything beyond just focusing on Basics. getting volunteers in that room yeah and so if we don't have it's so it's kind of looking and saying what's the bare bones of like hey we have to have quality volunteers who are showing up for our kids so before we go before we even move out of tier one we've got to get that volunteer base solid yes this is very interesting to me because you did bring up something else that's quite interesting that there's 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 two I, i'm science guy so i think in terms of variables so these two yeah. variables are you've got somebody in their individual unique gifting and are they yes. a charismatic leader who can enlist and equip other people and who other people like and know and trust and will get behind them? Okay, great. That's fine. But then yeah. if you take even the best of the best and you put them in a very challenged, mm -hmm. beat down, like structurally inept, not human inept, yeah. structurally inept right. church or environment, um, that, that's going to that's gonna be the bottleneck, not the human. Yes. But there's times right. that you might have a really robust, all of the gears are beautifully aligned structurally. And this leader, they're not really there yet. And they need to be built so that they themselves aren't the bottleneck. Exactly. And I think it's like that for, you know, anybody, even trying to contextualize it to maybe if you're not, if somebody's not at a multi-site church, but they're looking at, you know, they've got some different people that are stepping up into leadership. They sure. need somebody to own their elementary area. That's right. um, beyond, you know, to move up from a volunteer to now really owning that in a different way. It's it's not a one size fits all. And I think 
multi-site, you feel that even more of you're you're trying to systemize as much as you possibly can yes. so that you're working smarter, not harder. But everything, every person's different. Um, God made us all different, and that's incredible. Um, and we, you know, He trusts us to steward different. Um, different, you know, different groups of people and different settings. And so sometimes we might have a really amazing person who's stepping into a really tough situation and they're there for a reason, but now we have to lean into that and figure out, you know, it's not for a personal sure. thing that you're still at a tier one. It's, this is where we're at a, at a ministry, as a ministry. So now let's figure out what our starting point is and start to yes. diagnose what are some things that we need to do to adjust. And, and, and I like the idea of diagnose. I like the idea of diagnose because there are, again, there are so many variables within yeah. the structure of a local church to be like, okay, so what is, I mean, it's so fun to walk in and go, okay, so why isn't this as healthy? And so you yes. begin to do this analytical diagnosis and you're like, okay, that and that, that's interesting. Now, mm -hmm. the other piece too is, and I'm glad that you brought this up, even if somebody isn't at a multi-site church, you can think of it as, because really in a sense, you might have a multi-tiered ministry in that you have a preschool yes. age. You have your nursery, your preschool, your elementary and your upper elementary, who mm -hmm. all of those are being led by different people. That's essentially a multi-site in and of itself. It's a, it's a smaller group under a larger umbrella who's being led mm -hmm. by one person. That's what you're doing in multi-site. This is a smaller yes. group it happens to be a church leading in you know, one person is kind of leading that area. So I have to just tip my hat a little bit because um, you, you have to have quite a bit of leadership chops yourself, Delia, in order to be able to touch and manage nine different humans who have vastly different church cultures I, I don't care if it's still a part of the main mothership. Nine different yeah. churches, that has, those are nine different organizational personalities. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that's, I mean, I always think, like, the way we've always explained it is, you know, it's discipleship. And so yep. we're looking and saying, you know, Jesus had his 12. Um, right now I've got my, my nine. <laughs> yes. eight, eight, yeah, eight right now. Um, and so trying to look and say each of them are different. Jesus, he interacted with each of his so disciples good. very different and he knew that they had different giftings, different backgrounds, all of that and was able to use them in different ways and mm -hmm. empower them in different ways and call them into um, into much more. And so, you know, it's the same way whether you're, you know, multi-site or you're one location and you've got 10 volunteers yes, and it's the same thing. you know, that's your, you know, that's your all of your volunteers that you have that's okay. It's trying to figure out at whatever level you're at, how can you pour into those people that God has given you to steward and um, grow them in their relationship with Jesus and their um, their leadership and their discipleship through their calling as much as possible. And yes. so again, it's just, I think that's where my teaching background, I think we talked about this earlier, was my teaching background comes in handy because when I was um, when I was teaching elementary school, um, I would teach reading and I constantly think back to when I would teach these guided reading groups where we're thinking, okay, in you know, second grade, all of the kids, you know, even they're on, on a second grade level, they're going to be at different reading levels and yes. they need different instruction to help them get to that next level of um, reading ability and comprehension and fluency and all of that. And so we would group the kids based on their ability. And so mm -hmm. it's the same thing with, you know, when you're leading um, and, yeah. you know, discipling yeah. your people. 
So it's okay. So I come from an educational background and the educational buzzword with this, for those of you who have never been in an educational setting is called differentiation. Yes. So yep. you're differentiating and you're saying, okay, this person is at X level. This person is at L level and this mm -hmm. person is at an A, you know, yes. right? And so they're at completely different levels. And our goal is to move that one individual a couple levels forward, the end and to move this yeah. individual a couple of levels forward. And so, so this is where I get so excited because I wanna have the system itself and mm -hmm. the structures all running themselves so yeah. that I can focus in on who is this unique person and know them yes. super well to know where do they need to grow. What I do, this is why I created Lead Volunteers, Lead Ministry and the like, because what I yeah. don't want to do is spend my time on structural problems. I want to solve mm -hmm. those structural problems and get them on autopilot because right. the real work is how to, how to help the human factor take this ministry to the next level. And it's different because every human is different. Yes, and I think that's been as a leader, as a teacher, as you know, if you're overseeing any people at all and trying to yeah. grow and develop people, it's looking for those trends. And so that's where we try to look. If there's a trend of something that multiple people are struggling with or need development yep. in, how can we streamline that and create something that we can, um, you know, is it a, we recently just did, um, you know, classroom management is something mm -hmm. that across the board, you know, there's always volunteers are constantly like, hey, we just don't know what to do with, you know, this little guy who's in our room doing so and you know and all these things and you know every location has classroom management as one of their top needs and so sure. we're like okay we have to do some training in that we've got to resource them um, and then we we're able to find um, it's called reach hurting kids and um, it's a whole program great sure, book and everything sure. um, and that's been a game changer to be able to lead a group and say hey we've got you know if this is a common thing we've got to put it together and work smarter not harder instead of you know, like so every putting single out person. individual fires all the time. Yes, yes. Yeah. If we notice that we're putting out the same fire multiple times, then we have to go back and fix that problem. <laughs> okay. So here's yeah. what I say when when it comes to everything that I do. If I am finding myself either solving a problem or answering a question more than like the third time now, I am yes. either and I don't mean this because I, I am not a bureaucrat by any stretch, but mm -hmm. I will either create a video. I'll create an automation, I'll create, mm -hmm. you know, a training so that yes. that thing, that thing that we keep, everybody keeps bumping into this, you know, terrible hairball. I will build a ramp ahead of it so that everybody can bypass that. Yes, yes. And you want to make sure that they have access to that and like they can solve. The big thing is as much as Can they as solve possible, it on you, their own? Yeah. You want to help them solve the problem on their own. I think we learned that from you firsthand with all of um, your trainings and everything. But well, it's trying to figure out how, you know, with all these things that are out there, it's great. We noticed at one point we wrote a whole bunch of, we called them our SOPs, our standard, yep, standard operating, operating procedures, procedures yep, yes. Um, for a bunch of things. And then we realized that they were on a Google Drive that, you know, our kids directors could have, but then new kids directors didn't know where they were at. And, and our, so, our training, like our people didn't actually know, our volunteers didn't have access to them. And so we're like, oh, we need to have somewhere to house these so they can actually access it when they have that problem. Yes, I love the yeah. idea of, and it's just, I mean, I'm beginning to see that the multi-site thing is nothing more than having a, it's just, it's just a bigger version of the same leadership challenges that we have. That's it. It's just a bigger version. Yes. Yep. And you add those, you know, layers of leadership. It just kind of multiplies it again. So, you know, yeah, compounds, whereas if you're at one, 
Yeah. yeah, you're at one location and you have, you know, somebody overseeing elementary and preschool and nursery and all those things. Now it's, you've got that, but now you've got somebody overseeing the kids director at that location. And then, you know, it just keeps multiplying yeah. up, but you have, it all comes down to the discipleship model of, you know, one person overseeing a handful who then each oversee their handful um, so that it feels, you know, it stays small and you're leading small even at a bigger scale. Yes, because you're making sure that the personalization is yes. always premier and present. Yeah, well, that's what it's is, all about. It is yeah. all about that. The yeah. funny thing is, is that I honestly think that we could like do a couple of episodes because this has been a fun <laughs> conversation. And, you know, normally it's a little bit shorter. This is a longer, but th- like I said, when before we started, like if we're yeah. on the roll, let's keep this thing going. So this has been a great conversation. It also truly, truly encourages me to have you say, that at a church your size, when you're onboarding new people, that you're like, okay, these are the, like, I've been a part of your standardization and your um, development of people through leadministry.com, lead volunteers and the like. That's huge. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I I can't thank you enough for all of your support through podcasts and videos and all of those different things. And, and, Josh isn't paying me, by the way, just to throw that out there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> There's yeah. nothing about that. No. This is genuine. It, you've been a huge help. Yeah, well, and th- that's the funny thing. And I do mean what I'm getting ready to say as we close here. Because, yeah. because as ministry leaders, maybe even as somebody who is doing a multi-site, what's difficult mm-hmm. is that you don't get the on-the-ground sensation that God is doing something all of the time. That's Mm, where it takes an excess of faith to say, okay, my work, it actually matters, though I'm not directly seeing the fruit. And so now think about me, multiple steps removed, where I am trusting that these resources that I've literally, this my entire life's work, that Mm -hmm. I'm trusting that these resources are now affecting your life. And so before we got on the call today, I had no idea that 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 it was affecting your ministry like that and so this is a blessing for me thank you yeah yeah and it all comes back to that what we just had a kid last week we're talking about testimonies and he wrote out his testimony of how he found jesus and you know he was in his he used to make bad choices at school and and through the holy spirit he's able to have the power to make a good choice when he usually would have made a bad choice and you know hearing those stories are makes all the difference it it makes it all worth it because you realize hey these you know systems and processes and things that don't feel like ministry they're making an impact for the kingdom and that's what it's all about they are because they're they're okay they are clearing the clutter so that people Mm -hmm. work can happen Yes, absolutely. That's the most important part. And I know that it's not glamorous and I know that it isn't flashy. It's often by yourself, behind closed doors, grinding out what seems to be less important things. They truly are important because they are clearing the way. Man, super grateful. (laughs) Super grateful. God bless you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, gang, this has been yet just another episode of the Lead Volunteers podcast. Super fun. This was a rich conversation. And uh, I think this would be one uh, to earmark, to bookmark, to listen to a second time. So, gang, that's great. Can't wait for all the good things that are going to come as a result of this episode. All right. Keep up the good work and we'll catch you on the next one. Well, that wraps up today's podcast. Before we close, would you do us a favor? We need your help to get the word out about the Lead Volunteers podcast. Three simple steps. First, subscribe. Second, leave a comment. And third, 
share the link to this episode on social media. Thanks again and keep leading your volunteers. <laughs>